0: Things you learn in sports can translate over to the real world. The leadership, the teamwork, the time management, all of that translates.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, the CUSP show, where we talk about the business of sports, media, innovation, disruption, all different kinds of things. We are right here before the holidays, towards the end of 2023. I'm Joe Favorito. Uh, my co-host Tom Richardson is on the road today, so I'm being joined by my fellow student and producer Mike Shredder. Mike, welcome back for what I think is your third time sitting in the host chair, the co-host chair. Yeah,
2: it's my third time, and it's you know even more fun every time I do it. So thanks, obviously, for the opportunity. And it's fun to interview the students, as we've talked about before, because you get unique stories that yeah, you know, I everyone has a cool sports journey and there's a reason why they came to this program, right? So I think it's cool to be able to interview at least Mode today and kind of hear her journey. So it's cool. It's a, yeah, definitely the evolution from the Little League World Series to now for her, which we'll get into. It's going to be very interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and it's funny like the things you learn like we found out that one of our students is descended from Alexander Hamilton. I mean, you know, so so you never know kind of what people are going to talk about um and kind of unveil as we listen and, and kind of let them tell their story. But Mike uh, hinted about our guest today. Uh, she's in our program now, uh, a proud graduate of Hampton University, a, a product of the greater Philadelphia area, which uh, our founder, uh, program leader Scott Rosner and, and myself and some others know pretty well. Uh, she's got a, a backstory which many people may know, but it's really kind of Let's call it the forward story that we want to talk about, because it's not just how she got here, but where she wants to go. And our guest today is Monet Davis. So Monet, welcome to The Cusp Show.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Cool. So for those who don't know, or for those who need to be reminded, uh, you had a pretty unique moment in time when you were 13, 14, uh, cast onto the national stage. Um, but it would be great for you to talk just a little bit about that time and then your time at Hampton and your time as an intercollegiate athlete and kind of how you got here. So why don't you tell us a little bit of the Monet Davis story?
0: Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I started playing sports when I was seven. Um, the coach at the time, he he saw me playing football and he always talks about how I was throwing spirals for about 30 yards with a bunch of my cousins and his friends And he just came up to me and he's like, here's my phone number. Like, give it to your mom. We run a sports organization here. We would love to have you. So uh, my mom was very hesitant about it because we knew it was an all-boys program. And she's like, I'm not putting my daughter in that. Like, that's not happening. Um, So then we kept begging her. And then she finally allowed me to join. And um, from then, I just kept practicing. I was terrible at baseball. Basketball, I knew what I was doing because I have an older brother and that was my, the very first sport I started playing in soccer. Um, I really didn't have any idea what soccer was. Um, so I started playing with them and, you know, kept going. And then finally we always played a year up. So our f- final year on the small field, my coach is like, Hey, like, do you guys want to, you know, try to make it to the little league world series? Um, one kid on our team, it was his dream since we were younger and he's like, this is a dream, like, we could try, uh, like, it's, it's a long way to go, who knows how you'll do, but let's just try it out, and, uh, me and my best friend were just, like, no, like, we don't want to do it, not at all, like, it's going to take up our entire summer, like, it's not worth it, there's so many tournaments you have to go through, so many games you have to play, like, it's not worth it, and we end up being signed up anyway, um, guess for the better, and, Um, Once we went through all of our tournaments, we made it to the Little League World Series, and it was pretty cool. I didn't think I was going to pitch the first game because I just pitched not too long ago. But as you know, when you get into deeper parts of the tournaments and new tournaments, I mean bigger that your star pitcher is going to throw the first game to give you a chance to have a better seating later on in the tournament. So um, once I threw that game, it kind of was nothing new to me and nothing new to our family, our friends, because You know, we've been playing together since we were so young and people were kind of used to it. But um, to the outside world, it was a huge deal. Um, You don't really see, you know, young black girls out there pitching, young girls out there pitching on such a big stage and actually doing well. So it was a lot. Um, And it was a lot of fun, though. I will say the parents around me, they definitely, you know, kept things, you know, normal for me, tried to make sure everything was as normal as possible. Um, uh, making sure that I was able to have a childhood, um, enjoy my teenage years, being able to go to school, play sports in school, making sure everything was was just the same, just like it never ever happened, which I thought was pretty cool, and I, I definitely appreciated it. So then, when it's time to come, go to college, I knew I wanted to play a sport. I just didn't know what sport. So first, it was going to be basketball, and I was like, ah, I don't know, you know, I wasn't having fun with it. And the recruiting was going a little hard, especially last year. Like, I sprained my ankle, so I didn't get to play in the crucial tournaments that we had. So then I was like, all right, what sport has, you know, allowed me to have the most fun? And I could definitely have, you know, a higher ceiling in it. And for me, that was softball. And I was having fun. My team was winning. And I knew I had so much to learn in that sport that I wanted to give it a try on the the next stage. So I was sending emails out, and the hand coach got back to me. um, Went to a camp. Took a tour of the campus. It was on a Sunday, so I didn't really get to see the campus as much as, like, if I went on a Friday or Thursday. So then I ended up going back, and I toured the campus. I saw a journalism program, and I absolutely fell in love because it just felt like home. And it wasn't too far from home where I would get homesick, and it was far enough where I was able to have that freedom. Um, So once I was able to, you know, officially go there, I fell in love with it. Um, freshman year softball season was going well. It was very different for me considering, you know, at high school, I played three sports and I had some breaks in between. Um, but college is a straight go and it's just one sport and you got to really like focus in on it. Cause it's a job basically. Um, so once, you know, freshman year came, COVID happened. So I wasn't able to play my freshman year and sophomore year. And then junior year, we got a new coach. Um, uh, so I was able to play that year, but it wasn't the greatest year. And then senior year, I actually didn't play. Um, so my college experience was very kind of all over the place. I would say that for anyone that graduated in 2019 from high school, that mm. college was not as normal as people would think it was. But it was definitely a character building time for me and allowed me to grow and show what I wanted to do, which led me to come to Columbia because although I started journalism, I knew I always wanted to be in sports and writing isn't my, you know, sh- I wouldn't say it's not my strong suit, but it's not something that I want to do, you know, for the rest of my life. Um, so I wanted to learn more of the business side of sports, and that's what led me to Columbia.
1: Cool. Um, I want You touch on a couple things there, and I, I want to kind of just go back to them before we talk about some of your internships and some of the other stuff you've done and where you want to go going forward. But um, you talk about girls playing on boys team, and ironically, this has come up. Probably two or three just random conversations I've had in the last couple of weeks. Mary Wittenberg, who will be teaching on our program next semester, just left Gotham FC, but she talked about her experience as a rower in college and how she rode with boys. I've heard stories of Reagan Carey, who was the commissioner of the Women's Professional Hockey League, the PHF, talking about how she always had to play with boys growing up. Uh, Columbia has started a women's wrestling program. The Ivy League is now putting in women's wrestling as a full-time varsity sport. But yet, a lot of the women uh, and young girls who've been around wrestlers have talked about, you know, their necessity to wrestle with boys growing up and what that was like. What was it like? Did you have any different, like, did people, did you have a sense maybe people didn't treat you differently? But what was it like competing at that age? at a pretty elite level with boys and and were were there other girls with you at that time?
0: Um, there were no other girls. I think I played against one girl in basketball probably when I was like 10 or 11, but she kind of, she just, she didn't really seem like that was like her thing was to play Mm -hmm. sports. Um, but I feel like no one that I played against treated me any differently. Um, I feel like once I first started, then it was a little, um, it was a little strange because, you know, no one's used to seeing that. And I had a hot pink glove. And so everyone's like, why does this little boy have a hot pink glove on? And almost every new team that we played, my coach had to, you know, remind the parents, like, that's a girl. She's a girl. Like, wow. I don't know what else you want me to say, but she's a girl. Mm-hmm. So, um, but other than that, I didn't really have any, you know, difficult moments. I feel like it definitely made me stronger. Um, especially as an athlete. Um, you know, boys love to talk trash in sports. Um, no matter who you are, they're gonna talk to you and chirp you and try to get in your head. So I definitely feel like that helped me out in, you know, the mental aspects So when I did get to the girls and, you know, whatever they would say, it wasn't as strong as what the guys would say. Um, but other than that, I I think I had a fantastic time. It definitely builds character. Um, it definitely helps your, you know, mentally and it helps you physically as well. So you know, not being as strong as they are once I started getting older, specifically in basketball, you know, not being that strong and, you know, physically demanding as they are. It allowed me to, you know, change my style up to fit. How am I going to, you know, help my team succeed in different ways that I, you know, didn't do when I was younger. But I I truly enjoy playing with them. I still play with them whenever I can. Um, but I definitely think it builds character, builds men- mental stability. Um, and it's, it's, it's really fun. It, it's definitely fun
1: um speaking of that team um although people may remember that team because of you there was actually at least one other person who emerged on the baseball side uh who's done very well tell us a little bit about him and his story and where he is today and how you guys have stayed in touch
0: yeah so i'm i'm guessing you're talking about scott bandura correct um he is finishing up at princeton and he had a phenomenal year, his junior year at um, at Princeton on the baseball side. And he was drafted, I want to say seventh round in the 2023 MLB draft um, to the San Francisco Giants. And he's doing well out there. He got um, he got promoted probably like two weeks into, you know, just going out there to rookie ball, which is fantastic. And, you know, he's getting ready for the season. But that's been my best friend since I first started playing. Um, We basically lived together in high school since we went to the same high school. We're still close to this day. Um, But yeah, he was my catcher growing up. Um, Many people might not remember him because he's 6'4 now, but at the time he was like 5'2", and he's probably was the smartest player I've ever played with and probably my favorite teammate that I've ever played with. So, um, Scott and I have, have been close all the time since, since we first met. So it's, it's great to see not just him, but see everybody else that I play with, that I grew up with succeed and, you know, to see him reaching his goals and, you know, seeing what he went through his journey and, you know, not being, you know, the top recruit on our team and, you know, many colleges overlooking him because he wasn't, you know, fully developed. He wasn't as strong as he was. He didn't fully grow yet. So um it was it's cool to see his journey and I'm excited to see what he does because I know how hard he works and I know how hard he has worked to get to his you know to basically get drafted so I'm excited for him
1: um last question about the past before we talk about the recent past and the future and I want to have Mike talk about some athlete questions did you ever have an aha moment where you realize like holy crap this is a pretty big deal other than the obvious things like Sports Illustrated and some of the other things but like was there something that that kind of struck you like, what am I doing here? And and, and how did I ever get to this point? Because what am I doing hanging out with either these people or someone called me?
0: Yeah. um, I'd probably say right after Little League, it was in December, I was able to go to the National Christmas Tree Lighting in DC. And I was with my mom. And we got to take a picture with the Obamas. And I feel like that was the moment where I was like, why am I here? Like, I'm looking around and there's a bunch of musicians and, you know, people that I listened to when I was younger. My mom would always play. And then, you know, sitting in a big tent with them and, you know, being able to take a picture with, you know, the former president and the former first lady. It was, it was uh, one of those moments where I just can't, like, still can't wrap my head around it because what am I doing, a uh, little baseball player here with all these, you know, big time players that have done so much um, in, in their lifetime? So that's probably my, like, aha uh-huh slash what is going on moment.
1: Cool. Um, and then kind of getting us through Hampton and then and then to where you are now, you've had some pretty interesting internships from what I understand. Uh, we have a mutual Philly friend in Mike Tolan, who I know has talked to you about some projects going forward. You did some work with the Dodgers. Um, how did all that – how did your past and, and the experience as an athlete help to get you – To where you are now the internships you are and and tell us a little bit more about you know what Monet wants to do for the future
0: yeah so i had an internship with mlb network 2022 and then this past year was with the dodgers i'd probably say um you know going from the athlete side to more to going on that side i'd probably say people don't realize how much sports help you in the real world um like all the things you learn in sports can translate over to the real world. the leadership, the teamwork, the time management, all of that translates. Um, so I was able to use you know my athletic abilities to put me in positions where I was able to succeed on you know whether that's the production side or if that's the front office side, whatever side it was that I wanted to go. I was able to use everything that I learned from sports into that. and those internships were definitely a lot of fun. They were, Um, internships where I wanted I had some interest in production but I wasn't sure what exactly I wanted to do and having those internships allowed me to figure out exactly what I wanted to do and you know uh, figure out more skills to make myself more versatile to to when I want to you know go get a job in the real world that I have multiple skills that I can do so those internships definitely you know engraved a lot in me and it allowed me to work my first nine to five which I was you know, my mom will tell you the very first time I went to MLB Network and it was a nine to five. I struggled because I was like, "What do I do all this time? Like, I'm just kind of sitting here not doing anything." But um, it definitely allowed me to to definitely grow some more and you know figure out exactly what I wanted to do. And I enjoyed them. I always tell people if you if you want to try it out, go do it. I had a great time. I met some great people. I met some people that I'm still talk to that I'm still friends with. So. My internships were definitely, you know, fun. They were a little different from other people's, but I definitely enjoyed them. Cool.
2: Mike? Yeah, I think a question I have for you is playing multiple sports in high school. What skills did you think you developed from that that helped you at those internships you just mentioned or even just going forward? Because I know being an athlete, you definitely learned those things. But playing multiple sports, I feel like you developed different skill sets.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I said the biggest thing for me was leadership. Um, especially for basketball and for soccer. So I played five years in high school for soccer and I could have played five in high school or for basketball, but I think my sophomore year, I didn't play. So definitely leadership um, considering, you know, I've been there for so long, so I know what the coach is expecting. And, you know, being able to take, you know, take the, take charge on, you know, what's going on. If the coach, if people aren't listening to coach like going up to them, like, Hey, like, She just wants she just expects this from you. And, you know, being that kind of uh, that kind of middleman. um, So being able to take charge because I know especially with the Dodgers, we had um, deadlines that we had to do for our videos. And, you know, even if I was doing it with my internship partner, uh, making sure that he stayed on track, making sure, you know, if I knew we had to finish this video, but then we had other videos we needed to do being the one to take initiative that's like, all right, like I'm going to work on this. You, you start this and then we'll see where we are by this time. So I'd probably say the most important one was probably, you know, taking leadership and also being responsible. Um, Mm -hmm. If you mess up, take, take accountability for, you know, what you, what you did. Um, No one's going to get mad at you, but they're going to get more mad if you lie and you don't tell them the truth. So um, being accountable, leadership, and just being responsible.
1: What, um, going through your experience at at Hampton, which was a little bit different for a million different reasons, coaching changes like you mentioned, COVID, playing, not playing. When you started, I'm sure at some point you started to realize, hey, I'm not going to go be a professional athlete forever. Um, what are some of the things that you learned in the classroom that have now started to prepare mm-hmm. you then? And then we'll talk a little bit about your, your past semester and kind of the things you learned at Columbia. But tell us a little bit about the Hampton experience first. Yeah.
0: Um, Hampton was definitely a lot of fun. Um, I've gone to a predominantly white high school growing up. So being able to go to a college where almost everyone in the class looks like me was definitely um, a change for me. And it was a good change as well. So um, it was, it was definitely a lot of fun, especially the classes and also um, it taught me you know, know your worth, know where you're supposed to be, like you're in certain positions for a reason. um, so that was probably a big thing that Hampton taught me, and that I'm always gonna take with me, especially coming here, you know, first at the beginning, i you know I felt like I didn't belong here. I was like, what am I doing here? like i why am i why am I at this ivy League school? like it, it just it felt weird. I felt off, but then I you know found some great friends and you know remembered you know what I was taught at Hampton like I deserve to be here I'm here for a reason so take full advantage of it so um, Hampton definitely you know taught me knowing your worth and taught me you know you deserve to be here you're here for a reason so go out and prove to not only yourself but prove to other people why you're here Um, but Hampton was the experience was great it was definitely challenging for some classes especially when you know we were online learning that that was probably the hardest but you know, it allowed me to to really try different things. We started a sports show, so I was able to mm. be an anchor on there. I was able to have my top five plays, so it definitely allowed me to open up some more and get me out of my shell. And I'm a very shy person, but, you know, that kind of brought a different side of me out, which was pretty cool.
1: So so transitioning now to the what am I doing here on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, <laughs> Um Take us a little bit through the things you've learned and 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 as much as what you learned that you want to do, things maybe that you've been exposed to that, you know, really aren't part of what you want to do going forward. So take us a little bit through that first semester. And Mike, you know what, while you're here too, it would be good to get your input as a former Division Three athlete. I don't know why I said that, but you are a Division Three athlete. But but a very tall <laughs> Division III okay. athlete. And, and your experience, too. But, Monet, why don't you go first and tell us about the semester and what you learned and what, what really surprised you?
0: Yeah, um, honestly, the semester was really fun. Um, I was thinking back on the workload, and at the beginning, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is a lot. Like, I'm not sure if I'll be able to finish this. Because even at Hampton, like, I didn't get every – I was like, so much work due the next week. Um, but it definitely made me – Way better at time management. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I had four days off and I had four case briefs due. I had a finance project or a finance assignment due. I had marketing group assignment due. I had readings for foundations. I had so much going on, but like I was able to turn something in, turn each of my projects in and assignments in on time. So definitely, uh, time management was probably one of the biggest things that I had to really hone in on, but. I had a great semester, and it's fun to be around people that know about multiple sports and not just one sport. It's mm-hmm. fun to pick you know not even just my professor's brains but also other kids' brains, like talking to Mike before foundations about basketball like that was that's some of the highlights that I'll remember um but everyone here you know wants to be something in the business and will be something in the business. So it's cool to not only just learn from my professors, but learn from, you know, these, these uh amazing students as well. And I had so much fun and it was definitely challenging. I knew it would be challenging, but it was a good challenging. And I learned a lot about, you know, just the background of sports and just the business side of sports and, um, I never thought I'd, you know, even think about considering marketing, but how fun marketing is that, you know, Son made it. And even I, I'm, I won't go into finance, but like that was that's pretty interesting to see, even though I was very confused throughout the entire class. But it was definitely something that, you know, I enjoyed, you know, going to class and actually learning and trying to figure out. Um, but I had a great time. And I think the classes here that I've taken this semester were fantastic. And I can't, you know, I can't wait for next semester classes where I'm taking, you know, a lot more classes that I want to take and not that I'm required to take. Um, so I'm excited for, you know, the the next few semesters here.
1: Cool. Mike, how was uh, your your fall at least?
2: Yeah, the fall is great. I think Monet highlighted a lot of the important things. I think about it is that you learn a lot, not just from the professors themselves, but from the students. I think it's really cool just for me to be able to learn from people who work in the industry currently or worked in the industry in the past because there's so much knowledge they can give you that you can just use. And I became a lot smarter in terms of understanding sports business because like Monet, I have a sports media background, so it's cool to kind of have the idea of learning Things like marketing, finance, you know, just how league structures work, you know, how the CBAs can get negotiated, those type of things. It was pretty interesting just to kind of put that together. But it was an awesome experience. I'm really thrilled to come back next semester and take some more interesting classes that I'm excited about. But I think Monet highlighted a lot of important points. You learn a lot from being here. So I think that's the important Mm -hmm. point.
1: Cool. Um, So, Monet, the path forward, um, you look past... Finishing up this program, learning more, taking more internships, working on projects. You mentioned the production side as as something that that you've obviously embraced. Um, do you have a clearer path? Like like if someone comes up to you and says, "I hate to say you know this this phrase, but like, where do you see yourself in five years, or the people that you want to associate yourself with?" Um, what have you learned from little league, high school, practicing playing with boys? Hampton, now Columbia, people you've met along the way that, that you think is going starting to formulate a path for where Monet Davis wants to go?
0: Yeah. Um, I'd probably say in about five years, I, I know where I see myself. I would love to be an owner of a women's Ooh. basketball or a uh, soccer team. I That's know a billion-dollar offer. That'll I know, yeah. Can... I know. Trust me, I've, I've been paying attention in Scott Rosner's class, and I see how... You know, not only just sports in general, but how women's sports has grown, Um, you know, from going from maybe a five million dollar expansion team to a 50 million dollar expansion team. And who knows where it'll be in five years. So I know it'll be hard, but, you know, I I believe I can I can get to that point. Um, But I just learned, you know, dreams change and, you know, not everything's going to stay the same. I started out um, in high school, just wanting to own a business and then i started out with wanting to be a journalist wanting to just talk sports write sports and now here oh before right before columbia i was like oh i think i want to be a gm and learning what a gm does how you're basically always going to be hated at some point in your time that i don't want to be a gm um i can't be the one to i'm not saying i'm not i won't take the you know the strong leadership role but it'll be hard for me to truly you Know, let go of certain players because of the connections that I build, you know, just as a person with just people in general. Um, so I knew that wasn't my role, but I always wanted to help out in my city, um, because my city has shaped me to be the person that I am today. So I always wanted to help out, and you know, I feel like the way I can help out is you know, bringing more women athletes around because I didn't have those athletes there when I was younger. Um, we had, you know, I would see you know, people on TV and I would go to college games, but there weren't enough, you know, pro teams out there for women to go play. So that's one of my goals that I want to see myself doing is, you know, bringing that WNBA and NWSL team to Philly. Cool.
1: I love that idea. And uh, it's funny, I think, I think it's Philly and Denver, the two largest markets without a women's uh, pro sports team right now. So I would imagine that's going to change. And even by the time people may be listening to this at some point in the spring, that may have already changed in, in at least one of those places. But um you talked a little bit about your parents, about Scott, about your high school coach. Um who are some of the people when you think about you close your eyes and you think about people who've had a positive impact on you, both those people and other people who you've kind of like followed from a distance.
0: Yeah. Um I'd probably say Scott's dad. That was my coach growing up um, just because, you know, not only did he, you know, allow me to play on the team, but he embraced me like his own daughter. Like I spent Thanksgiving with them this year. If I, if I needed to, I could spend Christmas with them. So that's really like my second family. And no matter what, he was always there for me, no matter what questions I had. He went on some college trips with me. He, you know, helped me write college uh essays. He's helped me with a lot of things. He helped me get into the high school that I was in. Um, So he's definitely was one person, like if I were besides my parents, like if I close my eyes, he's definitely the one person that would pop into my head on, you know, who had, you know, the biggest impact on my life. So I'd probably say Scott's dad. And then probably from, like, the the business slash athletic side, I watched a lot of the uh, women's soc- soccer team, the national team, especially growing up. I watched a lot of them and, you know, seeing what they were fighting for, what they're still fighting for, um, and seeing how they were able to not just be athletes but, you know, lean on the business side, be entrepreneurs, start uh, clothing brands, start different podcasts and hearing them talk about their experience and kind of deep diving on, you know, the the tough side of being a woman athlete, the tough side of being on the USA team, everyone sees, you know, the glorious moments of winning the World Cup, you know, going to Olympics, winning a medal at the Olympics. But no one talks about, you know, those those games where, you know, you're not doing well or those phone calls with the coaches where they're saying if you're not playing in the NWSL, you won't be on the USA roster. So um just hearing from those athletes, um Maya Moore is definitely a huge one for me as well. Um, so especially her stepping away from the sport. I thought she, she was my goat. So, you know, seeing her step away from the sport for something that she was passionate about, it goes to show that, you know, we're not just about our sports. We're, you know, we're we're humans too. So um, mm-hmm. I have a lot of people that I look up to, but those are some of the main people.
1: Cool. Uh before we let you go, I want to ask you about baseball. Okay. Um Renaissance year for baseball, Rob Manford was just on the cover of sports business okay. journal for the the pitch clock. Um your thoughts, and by the way, in baseball, we'll be back in the Olympics in, in LA in 2028. Um, your thoughts on baseball, softball, where it is today? When people say, oh, it's an old person sport; it's too slow." What are your people? Are you still a baseball fan? And, and and how do you tell people that that they're missing the boat?
0: Yeah, um, I watch. I basically have worked in sport in baseball for the past two years, so I kind of had no choice. But like we've seen everything has kind of going up since they had the pitch clock and games are a lot shorter. And I realized people now don't have long attention spans. So with these games being shorter, it's going to come back to, you know, the original baseball that it was. And when you have people like Otani and Ronald Acuna Jr. doing crazy things that we've never seen before, like that's interesting to watch. So more people are going to get into it. Um, But I still watch It's slow, but I still Mm. give it a chance and it's still something that I love. And, no matter how hard I try to get away from it, I'm always going to come back to it and be around it. So I'm excited to see, you know, the next season and, you know, everything that's incorporated and seeing people put up crazy numbers. I'm a Dodgers fan as well. So like seeing mm. what they do um, with, you know, the off season moves that they've made and seeing how they do in the playoffs. So I'm very excited. And I think baseball is going to start coming back um, to how it was before.
1: Cool. A uh, last question for me, and Mike, I don't know if you want to chime in with anything. You talked a little bit about short attention spans. Now that this tremendous amount of time has passed from your success in the Little League World Series through who you are today, do people still come up to you and say, hey, where do I know you from? Or is that so, kind of, you know, receded over the last, you know, four or five years?
0: Yeah, um, Definitely. Uh, it's kind of weird cuz it happens in like the weird places like I'll be, you know, out with some friends just hanging out and someone will just like come up to me and just like start talking to me which is crazy. Um but yeah, depending on where I am, some people will or some people might just stare and not say anything and then mm-hmm. like if y'all have mutual friends and are like, "Yeah, I thought that was you," but they just they won't say anything which I, I don't know. I feel like I'm a pretty welcoming person, but Sometimes some people are very respectful and, you know, give me my space and just like kind of give me like a smirk or a head nod. And I'm like, Oh, OK, but yeah, some people still come up. It's, it's cool. I don't I don't turn anyone away. I take pictures with everyone. That's um, cool. I try to take pictures with kids specifically because mm-hmm. you, know, you can never say no to a kid.
1: Cool. Mike, last question for you before we let Monet go.
2: Yeah. Talk about just. Something I, uh, when doing research, I found interesting that about you is that you kind of talked about how you have a you know profound belief in yourself and you have to believe in yourself in order to be successful. Talk about that and kind of the inspiration to have that and just, you know, where that kind of belief came from.
0: Yeah. Um, I've just always been a person to, you know, just believe in myself. I feel like if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. Um, so I've always just, you know, I'm a big fan of manifesting. So I always just say I'm going to do something. I'm going to write it down and I'm going to go do it. Um, one thing that, you know, has recently happened is I wanted to stream a sports show and, you know, just go on there with a friend, a friend, or more than two friends or whatever, and just talk sports. And I've been able to do that. And I've been able to, you know, grow from it. I've only had about five streams and I'm at 100 followers. And now, soon enough, I'll be able to start getting paid from it. So I'm really? a firm believer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a firm believer of just putting it out there and just going to get it. Um, and really doubling down on yourself because a lot of people might think your dreams are crazy. Um, but you know, no dream is ever too crazy. So go out to get it. Like I said, being wanting to be an owner, like that's a billion dollar business. Like I don't have a billion dollars just sitting around, but I know there's a way that I can get into it. It's just how am I gonna do it and you know, making those right connections. So just having confidence in yourself. Just having just knowing that you have the ability to do what you want to do and going back to Hampton, like knowing your worth, knowing you deserve to be in the position you're in. So I feel like I've always no matter where I've been at and being the only girl like I got to know my worth, especially when I'm a pitcher, like I got to know I I deserve to be here. I'm here for a reason. So everything kind of goes goes back in full circle. Um, But I've just always been like that since I was younger, just being confident in my abilities. Cool.
1: Well, this is a business of OPM, other people's money, which is what you're <laughs> find. So, yes, there's yeah. lots of it out there. Um, so, last thing, and you just mentioned this about the show. Uh, where can people follow you? Reach out to you? Um, how do you like to be reached out to? Social, LinkedIn, and tell us where where we can find the show that you're
0: doing. Yeah. So, um, most of it, most of the time, you can find me on Instagram, which is m o n e e underscore zero one one. And then I kind of post everything on my story. Um, I'm on Twitch, uh, which is uh, Moneybag Mo. That's my Inst- my Twitch name. Uh, just to show a different side of me. Uh, we do a- we do some screaming on there, which is, you know, just showing other sides of myself. But most of the time I'm on Instagram. I need to upgrade my LinkedIn, but I haven't done that yet. I will we'll get, get to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, if you need me, I'm pretty active on Instagram. I kind of check messages here and there, but... That's probably the best way to, to reach out to me.
1: Cool. Well, uh, Monet Davis, uh, citizen of the world, pitcher, futurist, uh, host, show host. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, although we haven't met in person yet. Uh, it's been, um, you know, the anecdotal stories of having you on campus along with all our other students for this past semester have been tremendous. And uh, Mike Shredder, um, you know, you've certainly been no slouch in helping us out with this, um, and helping hopefully lead a a pretty large um, interneural basketball team for our program going forward <laughs> with my Gow. So, and we're making play the point, I guess. I didn't even think about that. So,
0: if you need um, me, I, I got you. I got my shoes right behind me too.
1: Cool. Um, so once again, you've been listening to the Cusp Show. Uh, I'm Joe Favorito for my co-host. Tom Richardson, and our producer, stand in host Mike Shredder this semester. You've been listening to Monet Davis. Um, thanks for joining the Cusp Show, and we will see you down the road.